Hello, and welcome back to Tales from the Pit. I'm your host, Michael Swain. This is your content warning. Today's episode involves discussions of sexual assault and child molestation, which is heavy stuff. But first, something a bit lighter. The introduction, in which I described to you how earlier this year, in March, I came out on Twitter, and I did so with a thread that read as follows. I'm queer. I'm in a monogamous relationship with a partner that the world sees as female, but I am sexually attracted to all sorts of folks. I've never faced any special challenges as a result, which is why I've never felt, quote, queer enough to consider myself part of what I think is a special community. But after talking with friends, I've learned that not feeling queer enough and being afraid of appropriating that identity is common among queer people, and not a reason to hide behind the myth of straightness. I believe most people have a complex sexual identity, and truly cishet folks are probably a minority. So, yeah, I mention this only in the hopes that one of my followers might feel encouraged to fall in love with their own irreducible, unique, beautiful sexuality. My life remains largely unchanged. See you on the next pod. Well, here we are on that eponymous next pod. And to help me help you hopefully fall in love with your own irreducible, unique, beautiful sexuality is my good friend and fellow queer person, Marina Ryman. I hope you enjoy our conversation. just lay all my cards out there and say this is the weirdest I've felt going into a Tales from the Pit probably not for the reasons that you're already projecting onto the episode but um, (laughs) uh, actually because of like imposter syndrome and I think my guest can relate Lord yes hi everybody welcome 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 thank you so much for having me absolutely oh my pleasure it's been way too long finally time to get you in here yes Um, here in the pit and i will say that i'm the least i did the least research this is the least structured if you had guessed it on the tales from the pit before marina you might have gotten a questionnaire or an email saying the direction i wanted to go in um but i really didn't prepare for this and that's (laughs) kind of by design because i think that's a perfect microcosm of what we're talking about which is queer identity and our own sexual identities and uh it's interesting for me in so far as like even as this episode approached i kept thinking maybe i should have some real queer people on and because like we yeah like uh (laughs) we have the bold podcast which is hosted by a queer couple i'm like really they should be doing this and Mm -hmm. i'm like wait no that's the whole point of the podcast exactly is to say that it's that you can embrace the identity that you want to embrace so um first question that comes to mind is marina what You reached out to me after I came out on Twitter. Yes. So what resonated with you? And I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but uh, yeah, just tell us a bit about your complex, unique sexual identity. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I self-identify as a cisgender pansexual woman. 
So my pronouns are she, her. And uh, it's when it, I have to say, and this is going to sound so weird, um, that when you did put out that tweet, Tom and I were not even a little bit surprised. It just, oh, for me, and, and it's, it's interesting, like, Tom was like, don't, I, I tweeted that to you. I was like, oh, yeah, Tom and I thought that might be the case. And then Tom mm-hmm. was like, uh, are you sure you want to tweet that? Are you supposed to say that to people? Exactly. I don't know if they like that or not. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, you know, I reached out to you to make sure that it was indeed okay. Um, and I discovered that you were every bit as kind of anxious as I am about talking about this stuff and sort of like, considering yourself a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And uh, you mentioned imposter syndrome. I've got it a thousand percent. Um, And I'm so excited to talk to you about it because as you pointed out, we don't exactly fall into the typical, you know, queer, I don't know, idea. God, I'm so nervous. I'm like shaking. because I don't want to say something wrong, uh, but we we do yeah. we do belong. Damn it! <laughs> that's the and I think that's sort of the insidious intersectional brainwashing that needs to be undone. Is by very, this was what my uh, queer friends pointed out to me was that by very virtue of the fact that you that is those presuppositions that are have been woven into your dna you think oh i can't be part of the lgbtq community because they're the other and i'm not the other mm-hmm. i just feel quote unquote normal i feel like myself meanwhile i'm sucking a dick <laughs> you know which i've done and i'm like this is delightful but i'm also like but i'm not like hey gay, me too gay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Oh, well, uh, I can say that now. It's like, yeah, it's fun as hell. How do it's you? It's very easy uh, to operate. Yeah. How how do you self-identify? Well, that's the thing is, I'm, ex- I really believe, or I guess it's the handy way for me to be lazy and not learn the proper nomenclatures. I feel like <laughs> it's beautiful that the language is blossoming to envelop sex, uh, sexual identity as a spectrum. But, like, I suspect that if we were truly honest about the language, there would be so many different pronouns and classifications as to represent a gradation on a bell curve that's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Like, I truly believe that when you get right down to it, everyone's sexual proclivities is like a menu of things they do or don't like in different contexts, with different stimuli, at different tones, and everyone's is probably completely wholly unique to them and not exactly like anyone else's. I agree completely. I actually like see it in my head when I think about it as, and this is going to sound stupid. <laughs> Everything I say is going to sound stupid, you guys. <laughs> uh, just like a, it's like a, a spectrum of light, you know? Um, and I don't think anybody is like, oh, you're, you're straight. You're straight up straight like Tom for example, is a cisgender straight guy. And uh, I just, um, oh, and because he's, okay, so I'll just jump right into this if you don't mind that. Uh, Please. Since I, I'm married uh, to Tom Ryman, who is absolutely wonderful. My God, mm. he's so wonderful. We recently celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And we've been together for almost 10 years now. 
Um, we've been happy the entire time. Uh, every year, I just fall more and more in love with him, and uh, I've got goosebumps right now. <laughs> See, I've been with my current girlfriend nine years, Ooh. and we're still not married. What's up with that? Well, hey, don't ask me, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. To you. I don't know either. Well, I know in my case it's because I got married super young and had a bad marriage. Oh, yeah. And I saw I'm gun shy. And she's also gun shy for her own complex reasons. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're essentially married, but we just won't. We're like depriving ourselves of a party we could have had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. That's all it is. It's a really expensive party. Yeah, exactly. Oof. But, but uh, you were saying about yeah, Tom, sorry about like that. I, I just went on a tangent about how much I love my husband, but um, basically, Boring. not I know. appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, here here comes the the pit okay, appropriate good. parts. I don't feel like I have the right to consider myself a part of the uh, the the gay community because I'm basically in a straight cisgender relationship. I'm completely monogamous. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm, You're not I'm, having sexual experiences yes. with anyone but Tom. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, all my experiences that would take, quote unquote, this is what's so weird about it, earn me the right to say mm-hmm. that I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. All those experiences were before I was with my current girlfriend. So it's been yep. nine years of total monogamy. So I could sail through my, I could have sailed through my whole life and always thought of myself as a cisgender, hetero, male guy, mm-hmm. dude, bro. And, uh, <laughs> but I didn't, through exploration, learned, like I don't like everything in every situation, but learned what I like and don't like and realized it's broader than like I'm somewhere on a spectrum, not just a point. Yeah. And that just is true. Like it doesn't cease to be true just because I'm currently monogamous. Exactly. You with have the woman. You have yeah. your own journey, and that was what made me realize, like when you, when you and I did have that initial little conversation, I finally added the flag, the rainbow flag, to my Twitter. Oh, nice. I was like, oh gosh, you know, it felt like I was doing something really daring and i got excited about it but i realized which (laughs) yeah i well i just want to reflect back to you that i had the exact same experience i thought months and months ago oh i guess i'm queer oh that would probably be nice for people to hear oh i should probably tweet that (laughs) and then i just thought about it for five months before i actually tweeted it and realized that it required me to work up courage Mm -hmm. and then i had to introspect around why does that have to work up courage? I think it's cool to be gay. My dad's gay. And then I oh, realized cool. that it's so complex. It's not only the like jumping into an unknown realm, but it's also in this day and age, especially having a privileged life. That's the other thing that the brainwashing, I think, leads you to. Yeah. Uh, I have the story in my head of growing up either, well, my dad grew up in a society where he felt repressed and didn't basically the way he describes it. So, you know, a very powerful figure in my life was like his experience and everyone's is unique, but his was like, uh, never thought I was gay furthest thing from my mind, but 
uh, one day realized in my mid forties, oh, I am super like fully gay. Not, <laughs> I'm not really super on the spectrum. Gay. On the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's exclusively dudes. Yeah, and uh, it just like happened to him like a switch because it, it had never been allowed internally for mm. him to even consider it. Yeah. And uh, I think we do have the picture of like, oh, you must have undergone, uh, you know, oppression or have been disowned yes. by your parents or something so that you have the cred to agitate for. Yes. Freedom of expression and love. And that's bullshit. Everyone should agitate for Hell yeah. Everyone being like, yeah. So it's like, at least everyone queer in my life was like, we are just, if it, if it's genuine to you, as many people, because the truth is like, everyone is somewhere on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So as many people as can embrace the LGBTIQ plus community <laughs> and say, I'm not just uh, an ally, but if it feels authentic to you, I'm in some small way a part of it. It only like strengthens or helps to break I won't say only because there are some side effects that I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Um, Because I am coming at from a very privileged place. As I said in the thread, my life largely will remain unchanged, which is an insane privilege. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Right. Yeah. I. uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I completely relate uh, because everything that uh, makes me part of that community happened in my past i mean i have a journey and that there was oppression there totally was not just from the straight Mm -hmm. community but from the lesbian community um bisexual girls are not trusted (laughs) um i was thinking there about there are a few myths that i encountered um i used to identify as bisexual that started at Mm -hmm. about seventh grade but i grew up in the south so that was not something that i could really explore or so I thought um anyway uh so I thought I was bisexual because I didn't know that there was a word for what I really was which was basically gender blind um it doesn't matter to me what a person's gender or orientation is I just see the person and I'm attracted to them or I'm not attracted to them and it's nice when I discovered that there was a word for it I felt so happy which is interesting because I was doing some research and there is some controversy over the term because there are people who think you know bisexuals um, have had to go through so much uh, and they don't all I uh, consider it oh just men or women it's like by plus like it just means for for them i'm attracted to more than one gender uh Mm -hmm. but i was really surprised that there was so much controversy um but anyway that's that's one thing i've discovered about the community that makes me really nervous is how sensitive late the the subject of labeling is um yeah getting back to label yeah. you're asking me and i don't know yeah i don't can you define pansexual to me? sure it might be that I, but recently i described in detail my proclivities to my girlfriend and she said i'm a demisexual oh which, that's is that um where you only are attracted to rom rom uh 
You're only into romantic sex? Is that what that means? I only really, yeah, I only really am on board with the vibe if I have a strong emotional connection to that person, really respect and admire them. And also in a classic, I guess, entertainer way, the main thing that dictates how well a sexual experience is going for me is how well I think the other person, how much I think the other person's enjoying it. I oh, like, God, yes. That's what turns me on. Good way to look at it is what turns me on is turning the other person on. Me the too. Idea that I'm turning them on. Yeah, so I think that's demisexual, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Another way to look at it is that we're desperate for validation just mm-hmm. in everything, including sex. We need constant knowledge that we're doing a good yes. job. Which I know is part of it for me. I need my partner to be like, you're doing a good job, buddy. Yes. <laughs> well, let me ask you a, a question, a person, like of a course. deeply, maybe TMI. Like, so for me, I can actually get off when somebody else is getting off. Like, I will orgasm at the same time as that other person, just even if I'm not even being physically yeah. stimulated. Does that happen yeah, for you? Yeah, and that happens for me, and the reverse was very telling to me, mm. which was that... Uh, because in the marriage, I, the, my previous marriage, it was uh, everything was on the table, threesomes and sex parties and oh, all kinds wow. of stuff. And but through that exploration, I realized that I like legit could not orgasm if it was like a threesome, no matter what gender, or if they're my type or mm-hmm. how attractive they are, or what a good job they're doing at sex. Um, I, we have to have had at least like a three hour conversation and gotten to know each other. It just wouldn't work for me Yeah. with a stranger. Um, yeah. And I know that it does for lots of people. <laughs> like an attractive stranger would be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just not my deal, which gave me such an appreciation for uh, Michael from Agents of Cracked, who I wrote for three years as a like cartoonish pansexual. Oh, awesome. And it turns out I think I kind of am a cartoonish pansexual. Well, let me identi- let me uh, define it for you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've actually got a couple of things. Um, so I gave you my definition of pansexual, just my personal one. But Merriam-Webster yeah. defines it as of, relating to, or characterized by sexual or romantic attraction that is not limited to people of a particular gender identity or sexual orientation. So that's how I feel. There's okay. also a really cool article that I started to read. Um, it's on them.us, and basically they took nine pansexuals and had them explain... Oh, oh wait, that's not pan... That's a different article. Ah! This is actually a Rolling Stone article um, that I was reading about pansexuality versus bisexuality. It's very, It's very much about how you know what I was talking about before the controversy but uh, they defined mm-hmm. it as someone who was attracted either emotionally physically or both to all genders this includes bisexual or pansexual pansexual sorry gotcha. yeah this includes cisgender transgender agender and gender non-conforming individuals but the article goes on to to uh, interview some bisexual people um, who consider that definition to apply to them as well and actually don't really like the idea of pansexual being a label because it kind of takes away from I I don't know I didn't fully understand their argument but bisexual the root of the word is bi for two so it's maybe it's becoming an antiquated term and pansexual is more appropriate 
Because bisexual implies, well, look, there's only two genders. Mm-hmm. This person's attracted to both of them. And pan's pan is all, so yes. I don't know. That makes more sense to me. That's how I feel. But there are people who are like, this is how I've identified all my life. I'm I don't want to change. Identity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then the other argument is, well, you know, do we want to honor all of the bisexual people who, you know, pioneered all of the change that we've, you know, that we're experiencing mm-hmm. where we can where we have the privilege to be loud and proud with it um so i it's interesting um definitely check out the article i believe it's uh, what's the real difference between bi and pansexual on rollingstone.com so nice. yeah i also like the word queer because it's just like very vague um it can mean kind of whatever you want it seems like so if you have a complicated identity and you don't feel like explaining it completely to a certain person you can just say well i'm queer um that's the them.us article i was reading they took nine people from the lgbtq plus community and had them explain how they love hate and understand the word queer so that was very interesting too but um, yeah that's yeah i i picked that word to come out on twitter with because i do i like it and i feel like it's been thoroughly re-owned by the people at formerly oppressed but it is interesting i mean it's you got to note that that has been a hate term yes um we rec- not in reclaimed the lives it. of the younger generation mm-hmm. today it's kind of been reclaimed for like maybe two decades two and a half decades now but yeah uh, yeah. There are some people so, in an older generation who hate that term because they had to exactly. deal with it as it's a hate word. U- yeah. Used against them. Yeah. Yeah. You'll That's why it's interesting because I, f- I mean, obvi- like words are my favorite thing. Mine too. Uh, I th- yeah. They're, they give form to thought and they program our brains. Like I, I don't believe mm-hmm. it's dissolvable from thought. Like language is thought. Yeah. It's the reason we're so smart and the token of our intelligence is language. Like that's the artifact of it. Yes. And uh, so it seems very, very important. And yet it, there's so little in my life that I think of as indescribable or indefinable. And I do feel like the sexual spectrum is one of those things. Yeah. Or in the sense that there can be an infinite, I guess a handy analog would be the color spectrum, just like you said Mm -hmm. with light. Because have you ever, have you shot for paint lately? (laughs) You can name an infinite number of colors because there actually are an infinite number of colors because there's always colors in between those colors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do think the same thing is true with sex. But it's it's interesting. It's more like a long questionnaire of, of likes and dislikes. Exactly. So you can be pansexual and demisexual, and I suppose. Yeah. Um, and yet by the same sweep, like, it seems so crucial for people to find value and power in the word that they choose to use to define themselves. So. Yeah. How do you feel now that you've just come out? And congratulations, by the way. I'd Thank love to you. love to know what the diff. How do you, how do you feel different? I do feel more of an onus. So okay, I first feel the need to caveat and say like, in my mind, this episode itself is more for people who are on a similar journey to us mm-hmm. or who are questioning whether they can uh, embrace their own identities or claim, you know, partnership in a community. 
uh, I think if your intentions are positive and you're trying to bolster and like promote that community's interests, then you're probably welcome to the table. And that's probably, and that's like the people I'm hoping this episode goes out to. I'm sure, uh, much more knowledgeable people about queer issues could listen to this episode and find it totally <laughs> worthless and remedial <laughs> and us very smug oh. and like amateurish, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. In our, in our like uh, groping for gay identities. Yeah. But, um, and that's the other thing, that's the other stigma is you feel like uh, this is, I mean, literally a thought I had that I think is so crazy that I should have to have this thought, but I was like, People will think I'm just saying I'm gay to be cool. Yes, because that's because it's kind of cool now. Because it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, which is like, I'm barely old enough to remember the tail end of like it definitely not being cool. Mm -hmm. And of course, gay people are still go undergoing horrible oppression to this day. Yeah. But there is a n there's a liberal bubble in which we live in which it's a cool status symbol kind of to be yeah gay. yeah um and i thought that that would be the blowback that people would be like come on <laughs> you're with this jennifer person well that's what know? i wanted to actually uh that's what i was gonna say uh at the very very beginning um mm -hmm. the reason that i for one wasn't surprised is i felt a kind of a kinship with you like there was just something about you that it was like yeah we're Aww. like I can relate yeah, yeah. so it's almost Absolutely. like we were undercover members of the community <laughs> just like oh hey yeah I see you just yeah and, but not to aggrandize our yeah no although I gotta say I made some monumental mistakes during my journey, um, so I do have a little bit of street cred, I think, with this. I oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the juicy part, so we should probably compare. Because, sure. Well, here's so to answer your question first about the way I feel different mm -hmm. is I feel more onus to uh, actually show up for the community in meaningful ways yeah. because I'm like, well, I am uh, throwing my hat in this ring, so to speak. So. And, uh, you know, I think or it's all well and good to embrace your own sexual identity and love yourself just in and of itself. But it's cool if it motivates you to try and be more active in your community. Yes. Uh, if you're making a community facing statement like that. But and then the other way, it's made me feel different because I'm just a chronic oversharer as a comedian. <laughs> it's like I'm like. I was so excited to say the thing about dick sucking on this podcast. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I can finally just say, cause I make quirky observations about everything. So I've made quirky observations about making love to men. And now I can use them Hell yeah. in my material. A whole bunch more. That's all. You can mine so much more now. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, it was just, but it was, it was a rough journey on my end only because I was in an open marriage when it was the hard way to find out that I enjoy monogamy mm. and that I really need that emotional connection because uh, it was an open marriage which allowed me to explore so many different combinations of kinds of sex but uh, at the same time I was undergoing constant like jealousy issues yeah. that my wife because she was the one who wanted the open marriage oh. and I am a very exploratory person by nature, but there came a point where I wanted it to end and she didn't mm -hmm. want it to. And that led to the dissolvement of our marriage. Yeah. But, um, but in the meantime, 
it was amazing how much data I collected and it was interesting. I just learned so much because it was like, I also seem to have no discriminator as regards mm, size or age or race or gender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I don't know if that's your situation. No, it is. But it totally is. I find lots of human bodies interesting and beautiful. Uh, yeah. If you're mean, I immediately don't find you attractive. Yes. It's very emotional. None of my um, exes look anything alike, really. <laughs> yeah, so I could never figure out my type because I would have like a sexual experience where I would like go over and hang out with uh, like a like a middle manager type gay dude who's like kind of schlubby, like a <laughs> like Dilbert, a, a guy alive, who right? does a time. He has like a timeshare, and he they'd just be really nice, and you know we'd hang out and do sexy stuff all day and I would go home like walking on air like that was such a satisfying sexual day awesome and then I'd have like then we'd go to like a sex party and I'd be in like a foursome with quote unquote standard attractive people Mm -hmm. and I would be feeling humiliated and I would not be able to keep it up and I'd and man oh my god you do not know the awkwardness (laughs) of being in a foursome with like hot people and you're not as hot as them already and you're like my dick's not oh working, no sorry. you're you yeah. know what I mean? and it's like what, do you, why? what did you it's do because like, i because you're not that attractive to me i don't know yeah how did you deal with that oh hmm with a plum and humor <laughs> <laughs> i guess you kind of have i mean to. you know me yeah i'm quick on my feet so i just make a joke or like be loving and open and honest yeah and try, you know but but yeah, those were some dark times, like mm-hmm. things that could traditionally, if the context was right, would have been enjoyable for me. And things that I know as a teen boy, I was trained to lust after, like, mm-hmm. you know, like a threesome with two chicks is uh, would be like one of the worst nights of my life. It just totally depends on the context. Yeah. Or or being at a party and not having sex with anyone, but just hanging out could be <laughs> super, super fun. Oh. It all depended on so many factors. And unfortunately, at the time, it didn't felt it didn't feel like a freeing journey because every encounter was within the context of my marriage is falling apart oh, yeah. due to this. But I can't stop it. Not exactly yet, sexy. No. But the stuff I learned about myself was still true, you know, yeah. about my sexual likes and dislikes. So. Okay, so what was what was the rough part of your journey? Oh man, and or highlights? Oh well, I'll just uh, I'll just do like a brief overview. Um, Please. So the first time I noticed anything that was different was in elementary school. There was this girl who came to school all the time with dressed as a boy. Um, even uh, she had these spiked suspenders that I just thought were so cool, mm. but she made me feel just kind of funny. Um, and I just wanted to see her, but I couldn't bring, I could never get up the courage to talk to her. Um, and then in seventh grade, I remember when I had the epiphany, oh God, help me, I'm bisexual. Um, Cause I didn't know pansexual was a thing. I was mm-hmm. in seventh grade in science class and I was looking at a girl and just seeing her hair was so pretty, just the way the, the horrible fluorescent lights were glistening off of her, her golden tresses. 
And uh, it was terrifying because I grew up in Virginia in a rural, tiny little fishing village called Gloucester, technically Guinea. And that kind of thing, like there was a church every three minutes, and I'm almost not exaggerating. Um, I'm just confused by the town having two names. Why is it technically oh, Guinea if it's called Gloucester? Because I, there's like, my neighborhood was basically a village within a town. The town was tiny, but then there was this, the, the neighborhood I grew up in was this, uh, it was populated entirely by watermen who had been kind of interbreeding uh, <laughs> since the uh, since the colony days, sure. and uh, had like they even have their own accent, which I cannot replicate, unfortunately. But um, yeah, they have their whole culture, and they are really conservative. So if any of them ever found out, like I could get seriously hurt. Um, there was a, a boy who was openly gay at my high school, um, and he died suspiciously at school. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So um, it was just not a not a good place. So I just kind of tried to ignore it. But then um, when I was a when I was about sixteen or seventeen, uh, my best friend and I got really drunk and had a sleepover and had sex. And I, nice. oh yeah, it, I thought it was great, <laughs> but it ended the friendship at the time. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, teenagerdom. Mm-hmm. Because I it's ended up fucked up. Time. Yeah, it's when she realized she's not gay, and I was like, oh no. Um, and we, she mm. just kind of stopped talking to me. Um, and then uh, I screwed up even more. Um, when I was 17 and 18, um, again, with my new best friend, uh, she, I genuinely fell in love with her. It was, she's, she was incredible. I just, I was deeply, deeply in love with her. She was my first love, like real, real love. And I've had two yeah. great loves in my life. One's Tom, the other is this girl. And um, unfortunately, she was like trying to be more Christian. She, like she, she had these, these bi tendencies. Like we actually watched porn together, um, and we posed in lingerie together. Just it took some pictures, and mm -hmm. it was so close, but we never quite crossed that <laughs> so threshold. Close. Yes, I was like, oh my god, oh, no. please, yes. Um, so what ended up happening is I got scared, and when I moved away to go to massage school, I stopped talking to her, uh, and I regret that so much. I handled that so poorly. Um, in the end, uh, years late, you know, a few years later, we met up again, and I told her what happened, um, mm. and she was like, "You you should have just told me," and I was like, oh, "No, I'm sorry." Um, but anyway, uh, I came out at 19 and dated this girl named Sam, and she was so gay. She was so gay, <laughs> but she didn't want to be. Um, she ended up, um, whew, it hurts. Um, she one day just, uh, I, we worked together, and uh, yeah. everybody at the 
at the at the place was talking about how she was getting married and i'm like what we we, we didn't talk about this I, i'm we're getting married okay uh nope she was going to marry her male best friend who was deployed um i think he was gay but he was like in the army so not a good place to be gay um and that was how she was going to handle that. She was going to try super hard to be straight, but she never, she didn't tell me. Um, so that's wow. that's how that worked. But I did introduce her to my parents um, before that happened, and my parents were absolutely cool. That's another reason I'm like, oh, I don't belong, yeah. because they were they didn't care. They were like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, and then the last. Like, I really, really screwed it up. I, the last crowning failure um, was with this woman named Mary Pat when I was 21 or 22. And um, I just, my, my stepmom had been calling me a slut uh, just because she was really, really mean. Um, and really she sounds lovely oh yeah she was delightful just a sweet uh, anyway <laughs> anyway yeah so mary pat decided to surprise me with a visit right after toral my stepmother and i had a terrible fight about my sluttiness and i was alleged sluttiness. oh thank you i appreciate that yes it has not been confirmed um because uh, there's a couple myths about people who are buyer pan. One, that they're just greedy, but I am and have always been monogamous. That bi girls are just straight girls who are either just curious or pretending to like girls in order to entice men. I was accused of that. Um, and uh, also that a buyer pansexual needs to be intimate with more than one gender in order to be happy. And that's not true. I can appreciate all sexes. And in fact, when I was watching the movie Trading Places, I think it's called, with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. yeah. Remember that scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is undressing just kind of suddenly? Uh, I believe you. Yeah. It's been a long time, well, but I, yeah, I, I can imagine. I literally choked. <laughs> When that scene happens, sitting with horniness, yes, sitting right next to my husband. Luckily, he laughed. He thought it was very, very funny. Um, but I don't need another partner in order to feel completely fulfilled, you know, sexually. Even though I am pan, um, I am a huge supporter of porn. So that's if I feel. I was like, just about to ask, does yeah, your porn break down? I love audio porn. And uh, oh. yes, um, my f now people reading stories or doing soundscapes like moaning and groaning. Um, it's okay. So Japan has a huge like audio. Oh go. yeah, Japan. oh yeah. <laughs> There's a huge niche uh, called otome, which means maiden, and uh, they do these CDs where it is a story, but it's a story that has sex scenes in it. So the person is acting it out completely um, and talking to you with a dummy head mic so like you can feel where they are. Um, and uh, it's just, oh, it's incredible. 
give it a try. It's amazing. And even All if right. you don't understand Japanese, there are translations available. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, you can definitely uh, hit me up on Twitter at HeartFistBrain if you have if you want anything, you know, and I'll I'll recommend something for you. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's how I handle that. I discovered an awesome CD that's about a uh, a um, a transgender woman, and uh, or rather from the perspective of a transgender woman. So it's acted out by a cisgender man, but he's really really good at it, and he manages to make love to you exactly the way. I would imagine a transgender woman would, which is exactly how a woman would make love to you. And it's incredible because it's a man's body, but he's wielding it like a woman. And I should say mm. she, because I'm talking about the character, I'm talking about the actor, but the character wields his right. dick, wields her, her dick like a woman would if she had right, a right, dick. Right, yeah. Right. So it's really but that amazing. that still strikes at that thing that I think we're still navigating <laughs> yeah. with all art, erotic or otherwise, mm-hmm. is like by the same token that uh, Hank Azaria shouldn't do the Apu voice. Yeah. I don't know if a cisgender man should voice yeah. a trans woman in an erotic novel. Yeah. I don't know. Not for me to say. But you're saying he's good at it. Indeed. Yeah. Great. I really yeah. feel like the actor captured, I don't know. And you know what? I don't know much about the uh, the actor, except that. He has a man's name, um, so sure. I just assume, but maybe, you know, that's the thing. Assumption is not exactly. a good idea. Yeah. We can do it less and less these days. Indeed. So. Well, that's what's weird about life is everything is unique unto itself. Every situation that unfolds has never unfolded exactly that way before. Yeah. And yet our brains are designed to make quick decisions by categorizing things like, oh, this is like that other time this happened, so do the same thing. Yes. It's, we're not really built, we are built to quantize the universe and the universe doesn't actually exist as discrete quantities, yeah. which I think is weird. Well, I think that's that just sense, the way we- Our perception is an illusion. Like we're wrong about the way we perceive yeah. the universe instinctively. Yeah. But at the same time, perception is reality, at least for us. That's true. So, so in your brain sense, it is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clo- so my only connection to that story was I did write erotic fiction <gasps> as a teen. Ooh. And they're online and no one will ever find Oh, them. come on. <laughs> They'll never, ever. No. Nope. Oh. Uh, if, if anyone ever does and sends it to me, I'll be like, I will confirm. Oh, that's all. man. And, you know. Well, I have some I, out there, too. It's it's erotic fan fiction. And yeah. maybe you'll find it. Maybe. Well, my problem is I think that at this point, like, if I wrote it today, it would be illegal. Cause it was <laughs> what? Like, I was 17 writing about uh, other 17 year old, oh, you know, having sex with other 17 right. years old. Like, I couldn't write that story today. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't know if it was okay to publish it even then. Oh. I guess you can get away with it if it's a story. Yeah, because I know that yeah. if you're, it's interesting, if you're a teenager and you, like, you send pictures of yourself, you can still get charged with distributing child pornography. Oh, I know. That's, That's why yeah. uh, Snapchat just announced they're or i'm sorry only fans announced that they're gonna pivot away from porn which is what i mean support sex work yeah please is, we benefit so much from it and 
that is fucked up that they basically uh you know including a large part of the queer community will always push like new technology platforms forward then the platform you know valuates for a billion dollars and is like no more Mm -hmm. porn we're a serious company now yeah Uh, i hate that it's fucking bullshit it is really hard anyway yeah yeah there's um i'll be plugging this at the end of your show but one of the things that I do that again makes me like it, it's it's what I'm trying to do to contribute to the the LGBTQ plus community, um, you know, as best I can. Uh, I have uh, an online community called Heart Fist Brain that uh, I originally designed um, when I was so depressed and sick that I could barely get out of bed, um, and it has helped me to, you know lead a, a productive life and I owe mm-hmm. I, I owe so much to everybody who joined back then and who has stuck with me um, it's for people who have physical mental emotional disabilities um, obviously anybody is welcome it's an inclusive community but uh, one branch of it that I'm about to roll out this month is um, 50 shades of yay I call it and it's where mm-hmm. I do my sexy cosplay and you dress as Kanye. I <laughs> Kanye. Well, Fifty different times from his life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, if that's hey, if it strokes your boat, wait, that's not the right. <laughs> strokes your boat. That's not even the expression. No, it's not. You're not really pansexual. <laughs> oh gosh. It's whatever floats your clit. <laughs> oh god. People with glass dicks shouldn't throw. Balls, Bonus? boners, balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so one. That'd be a good tagline after you just. Yeah. Like Batman just crotch stomped a bad guy. Oh my god. <laughs> People with glass dicks shouldn't throw balls. <laughs> I love it. Oh. But that sounds amazing. Thanks. That's really cool. Well, the, it's not yeah. just sexy cosplay. I also, mm-hmm. so here's something um, that tells you something about, I guess, speaks about how comfortable Tom and I are together. But I used to be a cam girl for Chatterbait. And oh, this I'm kind aware. of, oh, you know, okay, cool. Well, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It helped me. Um, to kind of take back my sexual power because I was molested when I was eight by my best friend's stepdad who was also molesting her. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Thanks. I'm actually just now starting to deal with it because I blocked out that he did that to me um, because I actually told on him for doing it to her and he went to jail and she moved away and never talked to me again and I've always been like did I and your brain just yeah kept those memories separate separate for a while yeah and then um however it did affect me and um the sort of behavior um you know hypersexuality uh is definitely something that I've got going on um uh, had a lot of partners and I uh, just kind of always have defined myself in part by my just by sex um, mm-hmm. and then when I was a young adult I got raped in my car and 
after that, I just kind of felt like I had been robbed. Um, but doing the, it's funny, doing the, the chatterbait thing gave that back to me. And it was an incredible experience. And I have carried that over to Fifty Shades of Yay. You know, it's not just sexy cosplay. I also do like mature photo shoots and talk about porn and talk about sexuality. And um, it's been wonderful. Uh, it was a separate thing from Heart Fist Brain, but I'm rolling it all together this month. So you can just choose that tier if that's what you're into. But yeah, so that's what I'm trying well, that's to. That's such a yeah very precious and inspirational thing, I think, to still feel in touch in a positive way with what's great about your sexuality. Yes. Uh, after it's been violated and you know taken a beating, but I'm so happy for you that you're like still. No, no, I still Thank like you. my sexual my sexual side. That's so cool. Yeah, and it's mine. It's mine. Damn it! No one can take it away from me. And that's yeah, one I because I have a rape survivor very close to me who did go the other way for many or you know was like I just became asexual for the next twenty five years yeah before it slowly thawed and I found interest in sex again yeah it can go um, either way yeah. everyone's journey is their journey mm -hmm. but I had a there was a time when I couldn't say no to anybody I just didn't feel like I had the right to hurt their feelings that, <laughs> it's that and i feel dumb too. oh yeah that's how i ended up getting a blowjob from a an elderly woman who right before she went down on me stopped to take her dentures out Whoa. and i was like what am i doing oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh and she was really into it because at that time i was like 19 oh, really good wow. looking i'm like i'm sure this is a treat for her <laughs> but <laughs> I just sort of wrote it out. Wow. Uh, oh. That's what's interesting, too, is I don't, even though I've been in a situation where I've explored lots of iterations of sex, I, uh, I've i had a lot of shame around how, like, I'm not even that sexually driven, or I've always, uh, there's that also weird thing that I think is uniquely acculturated to, like, masculine seeming people in the US where I was like do I want sex enough should I want sex more yeah. every sitcom and stand up comedian is like if you're a person with a penis you should think about sex every 7 seconds and all this yeah. shit yeah yeah it's like am uh, I am yeah, I so a like, man enough like yeah yeah so it for me it was a long journey to realize I prefer monogamy and I'm not missing out just because I'm not eating everything at the buffet <laughs> all at once in a big pile. I love and that. And it was, yeah, it was like, oh, I, uh, you could, it's like I could eat anything at the buffet. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't just go, I'm I like this, I'll have a plate of this. Please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like. I have chronic FOMO though, in every aspect of my life. Con what, what's FOMO? FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh. The idea, like I never want to let the universe down by saying no to any experience or opportunity. Yeah. Um, which has gotten me into a lot of trouble. Like if anyone <laughs> offers me any drug, I will try oh, it. Man. And that's not always good. You <laughs> no. Know? And I did the same thing with sex for a long time. Yeah. And if you just do that, you will end up in some weird places. Yes, you <laughs> sure will. Ugh. I would do, and I, there was a time I would, 
I got in, so I, there's a heavy light episode all about this, but I was briefly Mormon and married uh, for about seven days, and it was horrible. Wow. Yeah, he was abusive. Whoa. Um, so. My week as a Mormon yep. sounds like a docuseries <laughs> from HBO or some shit, though. It should, yeah. Th- it was What an a, amazing experience. It really was. It was a horrible but very um, elucidating experience. I guess. Were you, in your mind, were you genuinely trying to... Yeah. Like, were you trying to believe in Mormonism in your heart? I was. Were you trying to convert? Yes, I desperately wanted to belong. um, And it wasn't just for that person. I really... It was a time when I was rejecting myself. It was after I had been raped. And I just had no idea. Like, the the rape was kind of a wake-up call. Because I... I realized that I was just putting myself in these situations just because people asked me to or told me to. Um, I just didn't mm-hmm. have any self-esteem. And I, I have always been a chronic people pleaser. And um, I, it was a, I'm in therapy right now and have been learning about that situation um, We'll go a little bit darker for a minute here, but then we'll 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 climb back out to a shallower part of the pit. I promise. Sure. Um, I got through that experience, um, that attack, by empathizing with him and determining exactly what he wanted and not disturbing his narrative because it was a very violent attack. Um, I had these deep nasty bites um and he was very just it was just very bad um but I still thought it was my fault um and I thought it was my fault because at the end of it I was like justifying it to him I couldn't stop babbling just about how everybody was way too prudish in our society and random sex was just fine with me and nobody like just making it okay um and it was because i realized it was because i was so i thought he was gonna kill me (laughs) we we were in the just trying to survive yeah the situation we were deep in the woods um and no one knew where i was and uh it was just it was just terrible um but uh, my therapist has helped me to realize that that was not a failure, that was a victory, that was a strength, um, because I did survive, and yeah, and that, that's pretty awesome, but, whew, I'm sorry. Uh, not at all. I'm having a, a little bit of a problem for a second. Understandable. Thanks. Take your time. <sighs> when they say just breathe, it sounds like such bullshit, but it really does work. It's the only thing that works, really. Yeah. <sighs> I think a lot of listeners will appreciate that you're willing to go to that place for them. Well, I, I'm grateful for the therapy that I've had that's allowed me to go to that place and be able to come back. I'm that very seems lucky. That the recurring theme of the series. Yeah. Do therapy. Yeah. 
because I think more people need low bar access to therapy. <laughs> yeah, so. no kidding. And it needs to become more acceptable. It needs to become more normalized, I think. I've, that That's actually part of what I want to do with my community is make it feel like you're discussing the weather. Like, oh, hey, I, uh, d- I dissociated for like three days, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, okay. It's like, oh, yeah, there was a, you know, thunderstorm. Okay. I uh, just like, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm babbling. Not at all. No, you're not. Okay. (laughs) It all makes total sense. I mean, the very first episode of this series was an interview with my mom about her sexual assault. Oh, wow. Just in my own life, the percentage of people I know that have been violently sexual assaulted is such that it's not a negligible issue as much as it's painful to say it needs to be normalized yeah Uh, it needs to be normalized to speak about it because it's out there happening a lot way more than you would think way more than you would want to believe listeners you like to think the world is a decent place exactly listeners you know someone who has been assaulted I mean, yeah, for sure. They may not ever say it, but I can pretty much guarantee that you do. Especially if you're listening to this podcast. I want to make it clear that the podcast organically turned a corner and we're not conflating our queer identities with being a survivor of Oh yeah. I would say. But that just yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> No, no. Uh, just because they appear side by side in an episode does not mean nope. they're causally linked. I don't think they have anything like my sexuality was solid Sounds way before like that happened. Yeah, way before that. Yeah. Absolutely, and it had no effect on on my preferences. So it sounds like you do kind of identify as pansexual, like the what you're describing to me. Like, oh, hey, you're maybe a a cisgender, a demisexual, a yeah, pandemic. That I like that, although it sounds well, like pandemic. My girlfriend, that's true. I don't like no. that. My girlfriend just shaved her head mm. and bought a whole new androgynous wardrobe and is considering a pronoun change to they them. So Sexy. We'll see what happens with awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah. Of course, gender identity being entirely different from sexual identity. Absolutely. This is another aspect that I do understand it. But I will still misspeak, you know. Oh yeah. I would be like, well, yeah, the sex of, and they're like, you mean gender, not sex? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know, I didn't. Yeah. I meant that entity with a vagina. Yeah. (laughs) Did this to this person? Yeah. We we and and that's the thing. We we don't know what we're talking about to (laughs) to at us after a certain point. You know, beyond our own experience, and this is. My God, the issues in this community are so complex. I was complex, reading that yeah. there are like 52 genders, and obviously, like an in, like you, we were saying, an infinite, you know, arguably spe- an infinite. Number yeah. Of yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I should say like 52 identified, yes. common. Again, this this episode is for people like us who are amateurs fumbling around new in their journey as as far as like it goes with like embracing and engaging in the community exactly yeah so so it's pretty you feel free to at me (laughs) and tell me all the stuff we misspoke about yes oh no you you can at me too because I think it's well, a team effort. You, but they should only <laughs> just say how cute you look in your cosplay oh, or whatever. Oh, you are not, so not sweet. 
Not the bullshit. I'll take the bullshit. <laughs> what is? What are you most often cosplaying? Like, what IPs Ooh. are we talking? What franchise? So I do uh, Tifa cosplay, uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh yeah! Oh my God, me too. I, how? Oh, are you excited for Horizon Two? Oh, for this. Well, this is a very different podcast. Yes. Sorry. Now, but <laughs> yeah, I just watched. Yeah, yeah, I watched the full stream, the Horizon. Uh, what's it called? Forbidden West. Yes. Gameplay teaser. Yes. Looks sick, dude. It does. Oh my God. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> the climbing looks better. The combat looks tighter. Yes. Looks it's really the only fun. reason yeah. I care about the PS5 at this point. It's like, oh, okay, so I'm going to have to have one of those. but I can't spoil what I think about Returnal because that's on the next one. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to have to check out one on when you when you do it. Um, oh, yeah. I've we'll be covering Returnal soon. Fabulous. And Let's see. Uh, what else? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, All right. well, then, it's, yeah, it's I do Atifa <laughs> and I do Aerith for the remake. That's true. Yep. And you pronounce it Aerith, so good for Aww, you. Oh, thank you. I I think that's the correct yeah. anglicization of that name. But there's, hey, nomenclature's complicated. It is. The Aerith Aeris issue is still up in the Aerith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's, oh, I just started playing the uh, the DLC and I found out it's Yuffie. I always thought it was Yuffie. That's what I thought too, but that makes sense. It's Yuffie. Yeah. Or at least according to this team who made this game, it's Yuffie. Yeah. Well, I tend to, okay. tend to trust them. I was going to say... Uh, it's daunting, really. If you're if you're like us, I think maybe if you're looking at the uh, the the LGB community, kind of like, oh my God, how am I ever gonna understand all of this? And what if I say something wrong? And you will. And you probably you will. will. Yeah. And you will get checked. <laughs> yep. Also, normalize getting checked. Yeah. It's, it's fine to get checked and go, I'm sorry, and mm -hmm. then you don't do that again. Yeah, that's yeah, how we yeah, learn, yeah, yeah. and it's it's cool. Got to engage. But at the same time. If you're if you know a lot about this, please be gentle when you check, because you don't want to make people afraid. You know. That's true. I think that's a valid point. Um, yeah, yeah, we we fucked up. Marina. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I still have the lingering feeling of like I'm sure I said something horrible that's gonna get me canceled. I realize. Even though we're trying with the best of intentions to like reach out to other people yes. and share. I'm like, I bet we did it. I'm wrong. actually rocking <laughs> in my chair. I'm so like nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in a love sack in a fetal position, <laughs> weeping. Um, but where can people find you to uh, harass you about the fallout from this oh, episode? Oh, yeah. Inevitable. Well, Tell us where Heartfist Brain lives. Well, it lives on Twitter at Heartfist Brain. It also lives on patreon.com slash heartfistbrain, which is getting a brand new kind of facelift this month. I'm very excited about it. So I also do, uh, I stream video games in cosplay at twitch.tv slash heartfistbrain. You're going to notice a theme. <laughs> it's that you were savvy enough to get all your URLs to align. We tried, oh. like, you know, small beans is taken on some platforms. Really? Like YouTube already had a small beans. Ugh. So we had to change Lame. It. Good for Thank you. Thank you. Heart Fist Brain is, it's punchy. Oh, I'm so glad. And you got it across, you got all the URLs across the board. You know what it comes from? Good business sense. It mm. comes from Horizon, the the choices that you make. Um, that you know. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm replaying that right now oh, because yes. I got so amped off the teaser. So, yeah, yeah. She always 
solves her problems with a hard fist or a mm-hmm. brain. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Um, so please don't be shy. Uh, we have a Discord. Uh, so if you join the Patreon, you should automatically get a link to the Discord. And if you join, if you select the 50 Shades of Yay tier, uh, I will add you to a, a Google Doc with the corresponding folder because it's really hard to host not safe for work images and videos. People are just like, well, we, like you were saying about OnlyFans, we're an upstanding site. We're not trying to deal in pornography. Even Snapchat's starting to do that behind the scenes a little bit, like in their corporate messaging. Mm. And it's like, you know what Snapchat is, yeah. right? It was for people to send <laughs> nudes to each other. That's like what your success is built yep. on. But ugh, it's like they they abandon it once it's lived out its use. But Google's cool with it, right? Google's like, yeah, they don't care. It's just data to us. Yeah, man. seriously. It's just a unit of data. But please don't don't <laughs> out me to Patreon because they don't like it one bit. So that's why I do okay. a that's why I do a folder. But yeah, I'm sure you gotcha. guys are cool. I'm sure you guys aren't narcs. But, uh, yep, everyone listening to this <laughs> retroactively, don't be a yeah. dick. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It was really wonderful. You, I feel lighter having discussed this. Thank you so much for sharing. That light has been expelled into the out into the pit, mm. and it's shining like the Luxor spotlight <laughs> into the night sky. Yes. Oh. Well, I, that's all I got. Everybody, I hope you have a, a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Stay safe out there and be be well. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.